Today's episode is sponsored by the Flipped Learning Global Initiative. Hi, I'm John Bergman. You know, I was recently asked a series of very tough questions. Reflecting on these questions put me in a personal and professional crisis about what I should be teaching and what I should not. I'm wondering how you would respond to these questions, and I'll share them with you at the end of the show. BAM Radio Network. For those administrators and those credible teachers that do demonstrate these six behaviors, is the ultimate goal for them to bring those sort of leadership qualities to the students that they serve? I don't really understand what's going on. You know, I have an open door policy and I says, well then stand up, walk out and find out what's going on in the building. Welcome to ASCD Learn, Teach, Lead Radio, where you'll hear engaging conversations between ASCD emerging leaders, leading authors, experts, and practitioners on the topics that matter to today's educators and impact the success of every child. Hello, I'm your host, uh, Adam Brown, and I'm joined today by Bob Darnell. Uh, He's an ASCD faculty member and presenter at the upcoming conference on educational leadership, which is a fantastic conference. All right, so Bob, I've been a principal for about five years, and I'm really interested in kind of leadership theory and leadership behaviors. Um, If I were to attend your presentation, what specific behaviors would you be covering? Well, you know, of course, I think principals need to be able to do a number of things in order to be able to earn the right to lead. Uh, Certainly just position or status, uh, even experience is not often enough to earn the credibility that uh, people need to be able to follow. What I found through my exploration of um, research practice and demonstration of effective principles is that there seems to be six behaviors that seem to provide hopefulness and optimism on the part of the followers. The first one requires the leader to know how to expect, clear, clearly communicate what they believe the vision is that they have, the standards they want people to to follow the goals, even the high expectations that they have for learning. Without the ability to demonstrate what you expect, people don't know what to do. And there's numerous strategies to be able to do this that allow people to realize, this is what I hope to happen. Um, This is what I expect to happen. The second thing, um, people need to connect. Again, people are involved in so many different things in schools. Sometimes we have multiple initiatives going on simultaneously, and often we might bring in a new initiative, a new school improvement goal, and people don't see how it connects. Uh, I sometimes refer to it as random acts of school improvement. If I was involved in uh, learning to um, conduct reading improvement in my classroom or writing improvement, and you bring in another initiative, I don't know if that means that we dropped the initiative we've been working on for the last year or so, how it connects. Also, if I'm one of those people that provided opportunities to actually lead initiative before, now when a new initiative comes in, I don't see the connection to the one that I've been working on, which makes me sometimes fearful that it'll be abandoned and often confused. So in addition to expecting and connecting, I think there's no doubt about it that that leaders need to be able to direct. That means that they need to be able to show the improvement objectives and uh, expect the standards to help people know how to get there, to provide tangible resources. This could be professional learning. This could be opportunities to work together and time. 
But it's important that I, as a leader, can demonstrate that I can direct these expectations in some way. But then there's that all-important thing. For the last several years, we have jumped on the certainly the bandwagon of improving teacher evaluation, of doing conducting walkthroughs. So I need to inspect. And that provides opportunities that I can go ahead and find out what's really going on. It's really kind of interesting when I'm called in to coach a principal and they go, I don't really understand what's going on. You know, I have an open door policy. And I says, well, then stand up, walk out and find out what's going on in the building because you need to inspect what's going on. Look at the culture, look at the climate, understand what's happening with the organizational operations. And a a fifth area is respect. Uh, I need to demonstrate respect for you as a, as a teacher, as a fellow leader. I need to be able to show that uh, I appreciate what you're doing. And it doesn't mean making somebody teacher of the year. Uh, it means that I do things like get you the resources. It means that I do things like recognizing progress and accomplishment. And finally, the sixth area that's an important behavior is to not only be reflective myself, but also to inspire reflection. Bob, just by listening to your response there, as a principal, it made me reflect on my current practices and what I could do better. So I can't imagine the amount of reflection I'd have um, actually attending your presentation. So for those administrators and those credible teachers that do demonstrate these six behaviors, is the ultimate goal for them to um, bring those sort of leadership qualities to the students that they serve? Is the ultimate goal with your presentation, your professional development, your consulting, um, is to develop students who can demonstrate the same leadership qualities? Well, it's really uh, interesting because other workshops that I do for teachers in the classroom, the effectiveness, uh, also focus on these same six behaviors. The ability to expect is teachers clearly having students know uh, and understand objectives that they're gonna be teaching, having students connect with prior knowledge, um, and and connect to relevant uh, relevant applications of what they're learning. Having a teacher who can direct or teach effectively, a teacher who can inspect or assess students and be able to use assessment data to be able to make decisions, a teacher who demonstrates respect for students' diversity and different ways of learning, and a teacher who knows how to get students to stop, reflect, and establish improvement goals. So really, these same behaviors would be very effective, and that's why I think it's even more important for administrative and teacher leaders to be able to do this in their leadership of their colleagues, because hopefully this will um, make its way into the classroom. So, Bob, if you could provide maybe one exercise or strategies for an administrator to effectively reflect each day, what would that strategy be? For the administrator to reflect... Um, I think that it would be important to always have uh, your expectations clear. What what do I expect um, to happen in this school? Um, Probably one of the things I I indicate the most is what do we want to be known for as a school and in what ways do I see evidence of it happening? And I often ask that question during administrative training, and I might just do it as one of the exercises in here. What do you want to be known for? And I always refer to, I want to be known for as the Mayo Clinic of Education. That's what I want our school to be known for. And Mayo Clinic, like uh, some others, are considered to be the top of their field. And the thing about Mayo Clinic is 
Uh, they work together as a team. When you go in there, they assess from multiple perspectives. They talk about the results. They use evidence-based practices to be able to determine what their next steps are. They um, are constantly assessing if what they're doing is working and they're constantly learning. Um, and so I think if I was an administrator or a principal at this time, I would continue to be looking at what do we want to be known for? I'd have it on my whiteboard. I'd have it right in front of me all the time. And I'd be out and about as much as possible. I'd be making appointments with myself to be out in the school looking for evidence. Are we who we want to become? And I think that's the best way of reflecting is looking at those expectations and consistently finding ways of finding evidence of being that way or uh, recognizing when something is not the way we want to be as a school and knowing how to be able to intervene. Because if you recognize it's not that way, others might also. And if people believe that you should know something, but you don't, that takes away from credibility. All right. Well, I want to thank, uh, thank you, Bob, for joining me today. And uh, it was a great discussion. Again, you can see Bob uh, at the upcoming conference on educational leadership, uh, and he's going to be presenting on specific leadership behaviors that drive optimism and commitment. I want to remind the listeners that you can receive a 20% discount uh, to attend this conference by using the code PODCAST. Again, the code PODCAST through the ASCD website. So, uh, Bob, thank you again, and I wish you the best of luck on your upcoming presentation. John Berman again. After 30 years in education, a team member asked me, why are we accepting purely passive learning in any school when we know that it's not creating self-directed, world-class learners? Why are we still encouraging or enabling students to go through 12 years of education without owning their learning? Why should we allow tradition, ego, school culture, or conflict avoidance to override what is most effective and best for kids? And the one that stung the most, if flip learning is so great, why isn't everyone flipping their classroom? Those questions led me to embrace a list of five things that should no longer be acceptable in education anywhere in the world. I'm curious to see whether you agree. You can see the list by going to flglobal.org slash list. You've been listening to ASCD Learn, Teach, Lead Radio. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.